If you like Taste Test and you want to keep the music digestion sessions going every week and get some exclusive bonus content, stick around afterwards for details. But first, let's start the show. Have a taste. You are now in the zone. On our podcast, we provide our listeners with insightful music digestion sessions, what's happening in the music and entertainment industry each week. Also, on Taste Test Live, we feature artist interviews, awesome backstories, and we might even get an exclusive song from one of our guests. Yeah, I love that. That's right. Our goal is to keep our podcast subscribers happy by offering new and fresh content. If you have an album or a single coming out and you want to promote your music or your book or your artwork or share a great story about your career in the music industry, drop us a line. You can do that by heading over to our website at tastetest.live. Head over to our contact page and you just might have a chance to be a guest on the show. Yep, that's true. Mm. It is time to have a taste. Taste. Welcome back to Taste Test Live. I'm Damian Lamar, your host, and I'm here with my co-host, MJ Baker. Hello. Welcome back. We are also joined in the studio with uh, by a really good friend of mine, uh, Lawrence Buckner. Yeah. Yeah, we go way back. Man. Yeah, we do. We've we've played music on many stages. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, gosh, I mean, yeah. Let me take a quick moment and tell everybody who you are first of all. So, Lawrence is a U.S. Army veteran bassist, vocalist, songwriter, and producer. He also performs and records in a variety of musical situations, and he's worked on movie soundtracks and jingles, and he currently tours with Mark Farner, formerly of Grand Funk Railroad. He's also shared the stage with The Doors, Journey, Sticks, Maze, featuring Frankie Beverly and Branford Marcellus, along with many other acts. He has numerous appearances as a sideman and leader of jazz festivals in the United States and in Europe. Welcome, Lawrence. All right. Thanks for having me. Hello. Yeah, glad you're here, man. So uh, this is your first ever podcast recording, right? Yes. A little nervous, but... No, you know. no need. No. I know you're not playing bass, why? and that's probably why you're nervous, because you're not. you don't have your bass with you. There you go. <laughs> I need that in front of me. So, so speaking of bass, let's go all the way back. Way, 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 way back. Um, what made you start as a bassist? Why did you pick up the bass? Wow. I wish it was uh, for other reasons than this. Um, but I always like I always thought the bass players were cool. They were always cool. And um, the first time I got a bass, I was uh, probably around 16 years old. And it was because of a bet. I was a little, um, shall we say, um, I had much bravado, bravado concerning music. Okay. I was a percussionist for a long time and there was a group that was playing. They were popular and uh, the bassist wasn't playing, playing it right. As a matter of fact, he was playing the song uh, Rapper's Delight uh, yeah. and he was playing it wrong. He was playing it wrong. Mm. And I said, you're playing it wrong. He said, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. He said, you don't even play bass. I said, I bet if I had a bass, I'd play it right. I know it's 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 kind of bold. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Because I wanted to be in the group. Yeah. You, you see where this is going. Uh-huh. <laughs> so um, I convinced my dad, who's a, um, who's a bishop, to buy me a bass. And he bought me a bass. I, within a week, I just took to it because I, I really love music. And I uh, learned to play a few songs, Rapper's Delight was one of them, which was actually Sheik's Good Time. And I learned to play the entire 
Sheet Good Time. Right. Um, and a few other songs. And um, then the big day came. The showdown of the bases. <laughs> the showdown. Of the the showdown of the bases. Okay. I, um, I, I musically, you know, did my thing. Musically, he did his thing. I prevailed. Um, it, of course, they still didn't let me in the group because I wow. was, I was not, you know. <laughs> but I played the right, I played the right part, and just mm-hmm. fell in love with bass even more so. And just been doing because it you 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 mastered something that you absolutely you you set out an intention to do something that you said you would be able to do exactly mm-hmm. exactly and that's how it began at sixteen sixteen for for bass okay music way before then mm-hmm. so what other instruments did you play prior to that prior to that I started with piano taking piano lessons secondhand from my sister who took piano lessons from um, a local um, teacher Miss Rose Watts shout out to Joseph mm-hmm. Watts' mom, who taught a lot of us in the neighborhood. Wait, to play wait, wait. Piano. So Joe Watts, you've known Joe that long? We grew up. We we grew Come up together. Come on, man. Are you serious? Right there in the same neighborhood. Yeah. Now, now I gotta States. have him on. I feel oh, yeah. like it's an obligation now. <sighs> yeah. 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 But um, yeah, she taught us. She taught my sister piano, and my sister would come home, and when she would, she would learn. She would practice her lessons. I'm looking over her shoulder, looking at her books, and so I learned that way. Oh wow. Um. And then later on became a percussionist, um, um, played percussion for a long time, even even um, used it in during my military service. So do you still play any of these instruments? Because I've only seen I've seen you play, uh, obviously, a, a regular string bass, mm-hmm. like a guitar bass, bass guitar, I should yeah. say. And I've seen you play an upright bass. Mm-hmm. I've never seen you play other instruments. Though. Oh, yeah, I, pl- I play it, especially now uh, being a um, an educator. Um, now an educator, this is my fifth year in education. It's like a, a kid in a candy store. I yeah. get to play all the instruments. So oh, wow. I've, I've learned trumpet, um, all of the band instruments, low brass, woodwinds, um, guitar. Now I'm not crazy proficient, but I have a working knowledge of those instruments and I can read and write mm-hmm. with those instruments. And bass is still your favorite Yes, by I'm far among my favorites. Okay, I'm, I mean I'm among falling your favorites. Okay. I'm falling in love with the um, with the Laurel Reeds. Okay, you know? all right, cool. Did you um? So in your your in your time in, uh, as an army vet, did you play at all for the army at any period? Yes, you did. I sure did. What was it like? Oh, do you want to know what it's like, or do you want to know the story? Because I, I, <laughs> I, I, tell, I, I tell stories now. <laughs> yeah, I, stories. I like a good storyteller now. All right, now um, when I when I joined the army, I joined as a communication specialist. And uh, we trained on a lot of things. We trained on computerized switchboards. At the time, that was the the, the thing. We trained in uh, field communications and all of that stuff. Um, some um, cable installation and repair, all that all that type of stuff. Well, when I got to my first duty station, Fort Polk, Louisiana, which is um, no no offense to Fort Polk, but it's certainly the underbowels of uh, Louisiana. <laughs> yes, that part. And um, so I got there thinking, okay, I got all of this training. I'm going to be used in, you know, the communication, USAC or the or some communications um, um, unit, unit with the Army. Well, they had another idea. Um, Fort Polk is a um, mechanized infantry unit. So they wanted to use me as a field communications specialist running behind tanks, making sure that they had field communications playing war 
um, for six months out of the year living in the field, the other six months in and out back and forth from the field. Now I'm not, I'm not scared of that, but I just thought I could have a better quality of life. <laughs> so the um, bandmaster came through and asked if anyone wanted to audition for the army band. I didn't know how rare that was at the time or even for um, an African-American, even during that time to um, be able to successfully complete an audition, an army band audition. I auditioned, aced the audition as a percussionist, aced the audition as a bassist. So that little, that, that bravado right. at yeah. 16 came in handy yeah. um, and spent the rest of my time serving as an army bandsman. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. So you've well-rounded career as a multi-instrumentalist at this point. Yep. So you kept going. Kept going. Um, after the Army, um, Carlos, another another bassist. Yeah. He, he was supposed to play for this particular group. It was a rock group, but I love music, so I don't care if it's, I could, I, you know, as long as it sounds, as long as it's good music. Um, Carlos had just started a job with the post office. He was newly wed and newly uh, a new father. He couldn't take advantage of the opportunity to audition for this particular rock group that featured uh, Billy Powell from the group Leonard Skinner. Mm. And he asked me, did I want to audition for it? I said, well, you know, sure. Why not? You know, I was, I was working at the post office at the time as well. You know, that's what you do after you come out of the, of the military, <laughs> get a good government job, yeah, right? More and more social service. Yeah. So, um, I, um, auditioned for the group vision, uh, featuring Billy Powell. They didn't like my playing. They thought it was a little jazzy. Their bass player ended up quitting, um, mid tour. They had like, uh, several, a lot of dates. They asked me to, uh, could I learn their music in a week? And in that week, I learned their entire show, and I toured with them um, until they broke up. I ended up meeting Mark Farner from the group Grand Funk Railroad. We were doing a gig in Detroit at the State Theater. Uh, he liked the group Vision. For a while, we were his opening act and his backup band. Um, Skinner ended up getting back together, so Billy Powell left and did his thing. Uh, Vision ended up falling, you know, just going, falling, going their separate ways. I ended up staying with Mark. I quit Mark in 95. I went back to school, pursued my degree in biological science pre-med, graduated magna cum laude, um, started working. I know, crazy, crazy thing. You didn't ask me all this. A <laughs> no, simple this question, great. right? No, this is good. <laughs> simple question. No, this is good. This is, this is really I'm good. just, I'm just like, how do you go from like, playing all these instruments and then you go biomedical yeah <laughs> pre-med because believe it or not i never aspired to be a musician oh wow what i wanted what i what i dreamed of being was a a doctor a scientist that's what i dreamed of being wow but music has always been there mm -hmm. music is like that thread so when you went back to school your plan was to go you know, be a medical doctor or a medical doctor. As a matter of fact, I was uh, courted by St. George's college in Grenada. Oh, wow. You know, and, um, I, you know, young and young and silly. I didn't want to spend that time on an Island and I didn't know how I could finance it. I didn't come from a silver spoon family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. 
This uh-huh. is, I never knew, after all these years that I've known you, I've never knew this much detail. So it's amazing getting you behind a microphone, mm-hmm. how, much I, how much I can extrapolate from a conversation from you. That's pretty awesome. So I have a question, you know, understanding your history now. Like, so being in Jacksonville, what do you, you know, what have you experienced in the music scene here? And being that your world traveled and then you come here, like, what is, do you see potential here? Do you see growth from, you know? It's a great question. There's a lot of talent. There's a lot of talent here, a a wealth of talent here. And that talent has um, gone abroad. You have a lot of Grammy winning um, artists here that live here, that are from here, Um, even from early days from stories that right. my, my um, musical elders would tell me um, what's what's missing from days of old is unity. Yeah. Yeah. I that agree. unity is, is I a, agree. it's sometimes healthy to have to compete, but um, a wise person once told me, um, how do they say it? You can't compete where you don't compare. Yeah. I believe someone told me that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's but, good. But we need to, um, but mostly in America, I mean, in, in Jacksonville, we need to put that away That and, and really come to, in, in Jacksonville, we need to come come together more. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. agree. I, I say that often too, I Lawrence. Totally it's agree. like a matter of a collaboration because I feel like we as artists, if we do put our heads and our brains together, mm-hmm. we would make a much larger impact. I mean, Jacksonville's huge. Mm-hmm. And if we did this, we'd make a larger impact and we more eyes and ears would be focused on us as a city. And it would it would actually probably make the L.A.'s and the Miami's and the New York's and Chicago's like yeah. really like, OK, what's going on? They got some they really do have something, you know, it would kind of shut them up a little bit. Exactly. Exactly. And and, and Jacksonville does have that musical legacy. Yeah, we it's do. here. Mm-hmm. It's, Jacksonville is one of those towns to me. That has always been just pregnant with potential. Yeah. Yeah. But never, but, but stillborn because it's never completely realized. Mm -hmm. It's not complete. It's not realized until someone like Ulysses Owens leave here and goes and plays Mm -hmm. for um, Mulgrew Miller, Christian McBride and those and win Grammys. And then we're like, oh yes, that's it. Or a Glenn Jones who was from here, who Mm -hmm. made his bones though in New York. Mm-hmm. Or more recently, and this is a big shout out, um, Larry Wilson. Larry Wilson, absolutely. Who was, mm-hmm. yeah. who was recently nominated, um, at least first round for a Grammy. Oh wow! Yeah. Congratulations, yeah. Larry. Yeah, we went. We played with him. I mean, yeah. when you know, we'll get to that in a little bit. But yeah. talk about soul. You know, mm-hmm. going back a little bit, about fifteen years now. It's been fifteen years ago. Ooh, it's been a long time. Yeah, yeah. We old man. What do you mean? I'm twenty one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm, I'm wearing pull ups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I know that when I discovered the history of Jacksonville and how we were the before there was a Harlem Renaissance in New York, there was the Renaissance here mm-hmm. and people drove here to mm-hmm. the for the music, the entertainment that this was kind of like a Southern Hollywood type deal. Harlem of the exactly. South. Yeah. Not even motion picture. Those those old. Right. Um, cowboy movies with uh was it jim jeffries the, some of those movies were yeah. done right here norman, in norman studios yeah. right here mm-hmm. yeah 
Definitely. And so I, I agree with you. I, you know, the unity aspect of it is. But then also, I think the city is kind of asleep because, you know, how can we as artists um, teach people to appreciate the the arts more, the the culture of the arts, you know, um, because it it's the consumers that that push that. You know what I mean? That make that want and that desire, you know, like Saturday, there's so much going on. Like you all have, you know, the Sade tribute that night. There's Porch Fest earlier that day. There's so many things going on in the city of Jacksonville. And so my hope, you know, but then on Sunday, you'll hear people say Jacksonville never has anything going on. Right. I was sitting home and bored. It's like all that, and that's usually nowadays it's by choice. I mean, yeah. you, right. you know, growing up in Jacksonville, at one point, all you could do what you go to the movies, mm-hmm. you go bowling, you go to the beach, go to the mall, you go to the mall. That was when Regency was hopping, right? Yeah. Um, and you go to church, and um, that's about it. I mean, yeah. that was how it used to be. Now you have all these competing events. There's three, four, five things going on. You can't do everything. You can't be everywhere at the same right, time. Right. But there is no excuse for people to do things. You know, I think we just have to figure out, kind of like do some strategy and kind of plan out things. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been I've been performing recently, and the the band that I used to perform in was on the same street, four doors down, performing the same night, and that's mm-hmm. happened three times since I've been booked at you know this one establishment. So. You know, there's no excuse, I think. Yeah. But Lawrence, you've been you've been playing music here uh, for a long time and you played mm-hmm. with everyone. I mean, I can truly say I, I've 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 gone out to a new number of establishments, different restaurants. I have friends come in town and I walk in a place and Lawrence is up on stage yeah. everywhere. Like, I mean, this is your lifeblood, right? This is what you do uh, in addition to t- teaching as an educator. It's what I have to do. I, I always say about um, about musicians or music and the musician, it's not just what we do. It, it's a part of who we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, a fab, it's a thing that holds us together. It's the fabric that holds us together. It's in our DNA. Yeah. I mean, if we, if we never had an instrument in our hands or, or we couldn't sing again, it's still... Mm-hmm. we are mm-hmm. yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a part of our makeup so yeah for me it's it's what i it's what it's i what have you, to it's do. what you have to do yeah it's like breathing yeah and i think you do it well you know i'm going to tell, tell a quick story um the last time i think i played on stage with you was christmas last year um, yeah, a really good friend of mine dewitt cooper put together a holiday show that was a good gig man it was a, it was a, it was a great gig and we didn't even rehearse with you. I was looking for that to come back around, man. Yeah, it, it's going to do it again. You know, I think they, it, the, it's it's a matter of funding. You know, because and and you learn. You know, you you do something and you you say, okay. You know, I use something called start, stop, and continue. Right. What do we want to start doing that we didn't do right the first time? What do we want to stop doing that like don't do that again? Mm-hmm. And what should we continue doing because it worked? And I usually apply that to everything in my life, right? So when we did that gig, we the vocalist had a rehearsal we had a couple of rehearsals and i heard you were playing and i was like they were like are you sure we want the bass player to play with us we want him to be we, we, he needs to be in this rehearsal and i'm like i said listen he trust me because i i knew who you were i knew who you are as a musician i knew i know 
you are always prepared regardless. And they were blown away because you were, you were, you were ready. Like he, he just had, I, I don't have any notes, man. It's like, there's this one video or uh, this one, it's a YouTube video of Pharrell mm-hmm. talking to this artist. He's sitting in a studio with Bob Power, who's an amazing, you know, yeah. producer, longtime producer. And uh, Maggie Rogers is in, in the studio and she's playing her single for Pharrell. And he's sitting there and he listens to the song and you can see his face and he's like making faces like, whoa, like, whoa. she's looking at him. And he's like, and after, at the end of the interview or the end of the song, he said, you know, I can't really give you any notes because that was wonderful. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, she made it her own, you know, and, and I highly recommend anybody that's listening to this interview, go and search Pharrell, Maggie Rogers. You'll see it's a, it's one of the most amazing interviews, but I can say that about you as a bass player. I can't give you any notes. I've never been able to give you any notes because you are always prepared. You always to me, you're one of, I mean, I, I have tons of bass player friends and I'm not going to offend anybody by calling anybody a specific name, but you come highly recommended and you are always prepared. Mm. I've never known it. I've never known you not to be prepared. Man. It's, it's because I love this thing. Mm. Yeah. I love it. I don't, I don't do it. I mean, the money here local, I have to speak to that. You know, it, it is what it is. Yeah. But I do it. Because I love doing this. Yeah. There's there is the financial part. I mean, don't get me wrong. But right. sure. Yeah. I love this thing. I love I, I tell my students that I love this music thing. Whether it's whether it's in a classroom teaching music theory in orchestra or whether it's um on a stage in in, in Brazil in front of seventy four thousand um people. Mm-hmm. I love it. Now let's go to um you know, let's see how far we get with this question. Because um, you mentioned, because you mentioned, because I know you do a lot in the city concerning music. And so, you know, like you just talked about um, the pay, it is what it is. Like, so what advice would you give to an artist that is frequently gigging and, you know, $100 here, $50 here, $75 here, you know, like, you know, is it a situation where, I mean, I mean, what would you say to that? Like, I mean, I have spoken to that and that was a battle from years ago without dating myself. Those wages were the weight. I'll put it this way. Duke (laughs) Ellington, and I'm not that old, but Duke Ellington was paying his orchestra a hundred dollars a day. And that was forties. Yeah. Wow. So and that was that was top pay now that was great pay nowadays here we are so what what would change that and give the um musician at least something relatively um sufficient would be unity that's a mm. that's a part of that yeah. unity mm-hmm. if we came together and said no we we demand more and they couldn't go to you know another person and say well I'll do it because a lot of a lot of the owners, in my observation, right, they could care less about the quality of music. Oh they, my gosh. they they just yeah. they just it's almost it's almost as if and maybe we'll get some calls on this. Maybe we won't. I stand behind what I say. Um, they they use music as a it's a social fixture. 
Yeah. yeah, I agree. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. You may as well have a decorative chair in the corner. They right. care less about the quality. Mm-hmm. But then you have your MJ Bakers and your Damian Lamars, and I'm not gassing you, but I know your work as well, that, that put in a lot, many, many, many hours into their craft. So what? So it's an insult when you give that person, those artists who put in all of these hours into honing their craft. As a matter of fact, earlier when we were talking, you were saying you're going home to practice now. So when you give me a hundred dollars, you're really saying, well, this is what I think you're worth. That's what I think you're worth. But they're discounting all of those hours of preparation. Right. And and they're discounting the pouring out of your, because it's not just a gig. It's a, it's a sharing and a pouring out of your soul. Yeah, absolutely. Not only that, but also being a conduit to the universe to share this moment and, and with you. And that's only worth a pittance. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and that's not going to change until musicians come together and say no. That's well said, but, Lawrence. I mean, yeah. back to the unity again. Yeah. And I agree because I think sometimes too is, um, you know, like you said, and if we're not, we're not, what do you call it? Lowballing each other and saying, oh, she charged you 500. I'll charge you 350. You know, well, that, that's it's called like, undercutting. Yeah, undercutting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, when we're doing those things. And, and I was actually, you know, thinking about considering hiring a videographer just to follow me during the week. Mm-hmm. You know, to see so that and then do little snippets of videos for people to see what goes into the process, like the voice lessons, the guitar lessons, and then the practicing you do after that. Like, I, I mean, you know, my morning is starts at 345 mm-hmm. just so that I can work out, get a pr- pray, meditate and then rehearse, you know, what I mean, and then go to corporate America. And give them some time, you know, whatever. So I think that's, you know, I think unity is what we need. But I wonder if we'll if we'll get it with this generation or the next. I think we'll get it now. Um, And I hope this conversation will spark someone saying, you know what? These guys are right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Maybe we do need to stick together. Maybe we do need to say we need to stand up and say, yeah, we're we're not going to accept this anymore. You know, if you want, and I, and trust me, I've seen, like I said, the, the musicians that you play with alone and, and, and the caliber of the musicianship that I've seen here in Jacksonville alone, I can go to St. Augustine and I've seen better here in Jacksonville yeah. than St. Augustine. And St. Augustine gets more gigs, higher paying gigs. You go to Orlando and you're like, okay, I've seen better here in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, sticking together and, and, and that unity is, is important. So, um, so this, I mean, you love live music. You do it for the love. You obviously are an educator. So you're then taking that same level of passion that you have and uh, replicating it, which you hope to do. Right? Uh, I had, I had one of the greatest experience, one of among the greatest experiences today. Today I had this little, this little fellow, we were, we were um, working on, um, you know, like I said, music theory. Um, we're working on key signature, recognizing key signatures and, and major scales and mm. those type of things and, and just challenging 
one of the kids. So after, and I love it when they come to me when I'm walking in the halls or after school and ask me about music. They can ask me about music. I could be, you know, doing the dance, trying to get to the restroom. But if they're asking me about <laughs> music, I always have time. And this kid stopped me, and we have this little thing we do. We go back and forth. Like, for instance, if we're doing a C major scale, he just walked up to me and said, C. I said, D. He said, E. I said, F, G, A, B, C. You know, and we go through scales yeah. that way. Yeah. You know, or he may challenge. It, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And, and just to see that type of interest in music or the young man that stopped me in the hall and asked me, Mr. Buckner, I'm, I'm really interested in learning jazz. Um, who should I listen to? Mm. And able a fifteen-year-old young man, yeah, yeah, you know, interested in. I'm like, oh yeah, man, come on, let's talk. Absolutely, you know? yeah. So those type of things, as far I as I can, and I'm going to say this on behalf of everybody who's listening. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, um, because I think educators are they don't get. We we talked about this. We interviewed um, Nakisha Williams, and she too talked about the the uh, the cyclical thing that's happening in the educational system yeah. that you know that the the powers that be mm-hmm. still provide deny access yeah you know and you know okay now we're getting educated now we're learning but right how can we like make things based on the tax or make make things not affordable or, or mm-hmm. deny access and pull things out and different resources which make things a little harder and challenging for not only the educator, but also the student. And mm-hmm. then we're, we're being, we're replicating the same problem because we're affecting, you know, we're affecting the future. Yeah. <laughs> so um, as a, as a person that's really, really passionate as an educator who teaches someone, thank you for doing that because yeah, thank you. there is a lost art. There are a lot of people who teach and I would hope there are more people who teach, um, because they love doing what they do and they want to they want to make a a, a a real impact well, in I, someone's future i come from that um with your rose watts with your um dr bakers with your um mr clifford bugs and and um fouché mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. oh goodness i remember all of them esslinger johnson and all of the um band directors that i've had and the um the older guys the Womack Howards, the Lanchanue Parsons, and and even the Von Barlows um, that have come through. The um, good gracious uh, uh, Lindsay Sargents, um, the Doctor Whites, uh, yeah, on all of those, all of those who um, input into my um, musical life. As a matter of fact, another story. You ready for another one? Yes, yeah, let's go. Jazz coming up, um, playing jazz. Now these guys were were, were tough guys. They, 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 they were unforgiving. If you were thin skinned, you wouldn't make it. And that's, that's something that's kind of diff- different these days. People do have a, a thin layer and they're easily offended. Coming up playing jazz, um, those guys, first of all, they all talk like this because they want to talk like Miles Davis. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so they, um, I remember I was playing electric bass most primarily at that time. I said, Lawrence, when are you going to play a real bass? What do you mean a real bass? I had a nice boutique bass, you know, an expensive electric bass. No, a real bass. They were talking about the upright bass. Mm. And finally I had enough. You know, they were they were <laughs> they were giving me a hard time about it. I mean, every every t- every turn, um, even musically, if they said, Hey Lawrence, do you know this song? Yeah, I know that song. What key do you play it in? Well, I play it in this key. Well, we're not gonna play it there. <laughs> Lawrence, do you know this song? Uh, no, I don't know that song. Yeah, we're going to play that. 
They would always do that. Yeah. And, it, and no matter what, they would change the keys in the middle of a song. It was, it was terrible. And I would get, I would get angry, but I stuck with it. What they were doing that they only did that because they, they loved and respect, respect what you were doing. They saw the potential in you. These were teachers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They would challenge the crap out of you. Yeah. And you would either step up or step out. Mm-hmm. That was, that was for me, that was a Clifford Bugs. That was a, all of those other educators. That's, a, that's still a Dr. Baker for me. They always challenge you, yeah. but it always, but it's done in love. Yeah. 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 It's done in love. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think too, it's like, um, I'm learning theory. Mm-hmm. So, so learning the core, learning to name the chords and um, majors and minors and, you know, and, and I'm like, oh my God. Like it, like I thought my brain was going to explode and, and finally I get it. And I thought to myself, I should have paid attention in band. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, this is what that little man was talking about this whole time. Yeah. You know, but it's like, it's, it seems like so big, but I thought, man, music is like math. It's it's mm-hmm. it's like calculus it's it's all of these things it's a science because you have the energy the wavelengths you you know i mean you get deep into it and i'm like wow it's like music kind of encompasses all the you know all the subjects we we learn in school if you really think about it you know mm-hmm. the history then you add the history of music and you add all these different elements and things of that nature so I think it's beautiful and I would and I'm like man I wish I could go back to school yeah. and knowing what I know now I would probably would be like number one student yeah. but you were young you know? I know, but that's yeah. what I'm just saying. I just, I love the fact that kids are still doing music now, mm-hmm. that they still want to learn in school. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really dope. I think yeah. it's cool. Yeah. Well, this has been great. Um, so Lawrence, take a quick moment and tell everybody what they, what's happening next. What's, what's going on? Okie doke. Um, let's see. As I, uh, this week, this weekend, uh, let's see what is happening this weekend. Tomorrow's a rehearsal. Um, Thursday, I'll be at Breezy's playing for um, Erica Worthily, who has a book um, reading coming out. Okay. Um, Friday, I'm playing at Breezy's. <laughs> with, <laughs> home. With, I think they got a with, plaque on the wall for you. Now. Right. I'm, I'm Definitely. So, uh, they, they didn't, you know, I need to get them. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> I'm playing there with Jonah Pierre and Saturday with, um, with, my group for the uh, Shade Tribute. Um, Sunday morning at a place called the Q Note in Palm Coast with Linda Cole, niece of Nat King Cole. Mm-hmm. And Sunday night at the Casbah uh, on Riverside. That's just this weekend. So seven days working. And when do yeah. you sleep? Okay. Occasionally. <laughs> Sparingly. So Saturday, so Saturday night at Breezy's Sade is so it's all of her, you know, like, are you guys picking pieces from her, you know, from different various albums or projects or? It's primarily from her, um, her latest live DVD. I think that was 2012 mm-hmm. or 10 or yeah, something. Which I own and I play at least once every three months yeah we're yeah. doing 
some mm-hmm. of those tunes, plus plus a few other tunes from other artists like Neo, um, okay, Marvin Gaye, um, Jasmine Sullivan, um, Jill Scott, okay, you know, just yeah. to add, just to add a little, just a little, little, you know, current flavor, yeah, just gotcha. a little flavor, mm-hmm. okay, remind people that I guess they're diverse, yeah, and some our, diversity, there. and our very own Damian Lamar will be. I'll be I'll be on vocals. Guest vocalist, yeah, yes. Yeah, not the, yeah, guest vocalist. Yeah, I'm so I'm, excited. I'm excited about it. Uh, getting a chance to play with you again. It's oh, always man. a pleasure. I'm trying to figure out a way to do it more, but you're so busy. Oh, uh, never too busy to play music. Okay, never too busy <laughs> to play music. All right, I just gotta you gotta engraft me in this. One of these days when you need a vocalist, call me. Oh no, when especially um, with I'm gonna put it out there on the air, especially with us talking about um, rekindling soul. Yeah, mm. soul was something else, man. Yeah, you. man. I think we had people shaking in their boots. What was soul? Oh, yeah. Is that so? Yeah, oh, this band is, you guys me, had. Oh, may, yeah. Correct me when I when I mess up here, okay? All right. But this was Lawrence's brainchild. Oh wow! And uh, the motto was giving you something real to feel, and it was true. Like uh, you know, this was a, at a time I think when Jacksonville the the. This is right before we hosted the Super Bowl. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, I think what was it, the, the Eagles and the Steelers playing that year? Oh, no, I'm not a sports oh, fan. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, it was cold. And, and we had we had several gigs. There were this was when a landing was thriving. There was a place called yeah. Twisted Martini. We played there. Yeah. Um, we played at Boomtown, which mm-hmm. was which was another cool spot. Yeah. All Boomtown. these great places have gone. Came, they've come and gone. And Lawrence is still here, still making music. He's yeah. still standing. But um, yeah, I think we got up to about a seven-piece band at one point. Oh, yeah, it was a large band, again, um, with the same premises approaching the Sade show. People people like the the things that you add to the song, but a lot of times they just want to see that song perform that right. way. That way, yeah. yeah. And we were, we, were, we were doing a lot of the old school music that people just weren't doing, the repertoire. That, and then Patrice Russian, like, uh, what's that? Um, Remind me by Patrice. Yeah. I mean, it sounded like always waiting on Patrice to just get on stage and sing. <laughs> I mean, literally, it, it identical. It, mm-hmm. it and that's what people want because they identify with that. I got goosebumps talking about this right now. Wow. Like seriously, it, it was a good time, man. It was good. Yeah, no additives, no preservatives. Just the how cool is just that? the soul. Yeah, that's awesome. So and and this goes out. This I'm a, we gonna dedicate this moment real quick too to Mr. Jimmy Epps. Uh, Jimmy yeah, Epps played with man. us and Jimmy played with uh, Al Green. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, and Jimmy was a showman. He did a couple <laughs> tricks on his guitar when he played with his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and um, he, you know, it was it was an honor playing with him. Um, I think um, Tom, what's uh, Tom? Tom McAvoy. Tom McAvoy, now at Juilliard. He's mm-hmm. been up there doing great things in New York. We played with Tom. Larry Wilson also started. Wow. Yeah, That was, Larry was just out of church. Yep. You know, <laughs> like literally. Fresh out of, like, uh, he Pull, just, just got up finished. the rehearsal. Right. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, uh, Sean, Sean D. Andrews played mm-hmm. and uh, Ezekiel Haynes, who's now a great producer. Um, he's done some amazing things. He lives in Tallahassee now. Gosh, Tracy Morris was part of the group. Oh, yeah. Tamora Morris. Tracy was um, my partner in crime. With yeah. Soul. Yeah. Yeah. We, it was, it was great, man. Um, gosh. I'm forgetting somebody. I know I am. Um, and that wow, was another. Sounds another, like I had yeah. a tribe going on. We did. I mean, like I said, people were shaking in their boots because we were we were a bit of a force. We so were, what happened? Did people just get too busy or um, what? No, f- um, f- 
from this side, it was more financial. A seven okay. piece group is a lot to finance. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and in, those, in Jacksonville, going yeah, in back Jacksonville. to the conversation yeah, earlier. Yeah. As a matter of fact, oftentimes Tracy and I, and, and a few times Damien, yeah. uh, we, we, you know, we, we wouldn't collect offering, not for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The band got right. paid, but right. we would we, do tips. <laughs> we would do tips or, or sometimes, oftentimes nothing at all. Yeah. You know? mm. I remember going home, but with the satisfaction of knowing that we provided a good show. Absolutely. A really good show. And Do you remember that time we were doing Prototype? Yep. By uh, Andre. And let me tell you, I, I never got a chance to tell you what happened um, after that. So I'm on, I'm on stage and, you know, I'm a bit of a showman sometimes. And, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm, we're sounding real good. The band's sounding great. You're exactly where you want to be. And I picked this girl out from the audience and I asked her to come up. And we were doing prototype and I danced with her. And I mean, it was, we were practically grinding on stage. I think she fell in love that night. She I'm fell in love that night. They always I think do. You, I, I, I think walk. you did. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it was close. It was close until she told me she had kids. Uh, I wasn't ready. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I walked her to the car. We mm-hmm. talked. We exchanged phone numbers. And the next morning started a one month series of poetry. I got a different poem every morning. Wow. And at the very end of the 30 days, and of course, I, I kind of went on. It was good for my ego. It was. Mm-hmm. Then she told me that God told me. She said, you know, God told me that you're supposed to be my husband. Uh-oh. 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 I guess you were the prototype. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, I guess I was a prototype Listen, for her. let me tell you, Damien has this, I don't know what it is. It's like the last time I went uh, to a show to see Damien I walked in and he was again dancing seductively with a woman and at the end of the show I'm just hanging out <laughs> I'm I am the friend coming to support my friend mm-hmm. and you know and Damien's like okay we're gonna go eat afterwards you know so just wait for me I'm like okay cool so I'm waiting I'm like hey you need help with it no 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 just chill around and the woman is like lingering lingering and then she's looking at me to try to Mm. figure out who are you and you know and And i'm why are you and so so i'm looking back at her like hey um so needless to say she you know damien comes up and she's walking up to him and She's whispering sweet nothings in his ear. No, I wouldn't. And then, I can't even. I can't even say what she said to me and then without I, like oh completely. I would just say expletive, expletive. It was crazy. Yeah. But needless to say, he has this appeal over women. And then I said, "Well, this will be the last time that I come to something and wait for him because I don't need people." Looking me up and down. I don't need nobody slashing my tires. I don't need nobody looking at me crazy. (laughs) I'm just a friend. I'm a sister. (laughs) I do it for the show, though. It's about, I mean, I do it for the love, but, you know, sometimes you gotta, you gotta do it for the people. They want you to, they want that. You've got to do that. Yeah, Yeah, Especially when, especially when that tip jar low. Yeah. <laughs> no, you, you, no, what, no, what you're speaking to is 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 giving the people an experience, right? When they leave, yeah. when they leave your uh, gig, they should they should feel something. First of all, feel something that they hadn't felt in a long time, right? Yeah. So you got to get get down in there, and yeah. you can't be everything to everybody, but certainly you can use this language um, to speak to everybody, speak to everyone's soul. Yeah. You know, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's I a, agree. It's a language that speaks in ubiquity. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Well, this has been wonderful and fruitful. And, you know, we, the interview was going to be short, but I loved hearing all this stuff about you. Man. I know. This is awesome. This was great. So, um, yeah, please tell if are you on social media? I am. OK. Um, I don't. I don't monitor it or farm it like I should. Because you're busy making music. He's, uh, like, well, uh, you know. he's like, if you follow me, it's whatever. <laughs> it's, it's, no, I get I get strange requests all the time. And I don't know. You know if I don't. I don't know. I'm, people slide in your DMs. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who these. I don't. You know, some people I know, some hey, people I don't. I don't. Hey, know. handsome. Taste Test Live is a fully syndicated podcast. I don't get too much of that. Listen to your. I don't get too much of that. And you see that voice right there? She uh, just did. That's why. She, that's why I asked her to be the co-host in the show. I see. I yeah, see. And that's why. So okay. thank you so much, Lawrence. This has been great. This has been fun. Hey, thank yeah. you. I'm yeah. Yeah. This is dope. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's the, he. He's not giving out his social media, just so you know, guys. Mm -mm. So if you want to find him, his no name DMs. is Lawrence Buckner. <laughs> yeah. You can look up Lawrence Buckner base on Google, and you'll, yes, you'll there find you go. Out, you'll find a whole lot about him. Yes. There you go. All right. So thank you. Hey, right. thank you. Thank you all. It's been wonderful. Taste Test Live is a fully syndicated podcast and is on podcast services or wherever you listen to your podcast. Taste Test Live is supported by listeners like you. If you enjoy the show and want to make sure I can keep making it at this rate, then head over to tastetest.live and click the button that says Patreon there you can learn how you can help and get some perks for your support if you're unable to support taste test live financially then share the show tell your friends about it and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast service i really enjoy sharing this podcast with you and producing it every week thank you so much for listening